Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. We also have two very special guests with us today. It is Kyle and Andy from the Legendary Creature Podcast. How's it going, guys? Oh, hey. Good. <laughs> you guys got the intro down. We don't do intros. We just find a good part to start the cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what what's our topic for today, guys? Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> What do I want to talk about, or what are we going to talk about? No, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're here to talk about just some some really good, memorable game stories. Well, what do you want to talk about, Kyle? <laughs> you got something on your mind? No, I had my therapy session a couple weeks ago. I'm good. <laughs> I've got one to start. Kick this thing off. Yeah, okay, let's, do let's it. get it. So when I first started playing in the format, I really loved playing with my opponent's cards. I just could not wait to get my finger grease all over their stuff. So... <laughs> So I had this Riku deck that ran tons of these effects. So I had like knowledge exploitation, so like seven mana, look through your opponent's library, cast an instant or sorcery spell. I had like Chancellor of the Spires, when it enters the battlefield, cast a spell out of an opponent's graveyard. Write a replication, so like just a sorcery that copies an opponent's creature. Bribery, you look through an opponent's library and get a creature and put it on the battlefield. So just tons Have of you these. Been advising AP. Yeah, this is sounding <laughs> really familiar. We got a guy in our play group that is obsessed with trying to do this. I'm gonna use everyone's <laughs> budget against them. <laughs> well, well, let me let me jump into the story and you'll see. Uh, I think I, I can give you an idea for how to um, how to combat this play style. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so after I won a couple games with like knowledge exploitation, getting somebody else's time stretch or insurrection or whatever. Like, my friend started running Knowledge Exploitation 2. Hmm. And then one day, he cast Knowledge Exploitation targeting me. And he was taking a really long time looking through my library. And is like, dude, if this is going to be like it every time, maybe you should just take it out of your deck. But he's like, no, 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 hold on a sec. So he looked through my deck for a bit. And then he took my copy of Knowledge Exploitation out of my library. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I handed my deck back to him again. And then he looks through my deck for a bit and casts Bribery. Stop. And, no, and then like cast your deck. <laughs> and, and then he looks through my deck for a bit and he takes Chancellor of the Spires. And then Stop. So then he uses Chancellor of the Spires and he targets the knowledge exploitation in my graveyard. Here we go again. And then he looks through my deck for a bit. He casts Rite of Replication, targeting on the, the Chancellor on the Chancellor of Spires that he briberied from me. Right. <laughs> then he, this is so, like the most roundabout way to get a sadistic sacrament going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then uh, uses that new Chancellor of the Spires, copies the Rite of Replication, and then he just goes through that loop and makes a thousand Chancellors. And then on the, the last iteration of the loop, he uses that last Chancellor token, takes my Knowledge Exploitation again, goes and gets an extra turn effect, passes the turn to himself, and then kills the table. So, <laughs> Did you buy this guy a cake after? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I just like could not believe that I had like unwittingly built this jigsaw like death trap into my own deck and all it took to set it off was like a single copy of knowledge exploitation. I had just built like 95% of the combo and was just waiting for an opponent to assemble the last piece. That's crazy. <laughs> that is wild. Andy, can we do this to AP? Is this Dude, something we could possibly do to AP? <laughs> He's been inside my deck so much you should have married him by now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's a pretty good one, dude. I like that. Well, what about from your playgroup? Tell us uh tell us some stories that you guys have. You guys ever play Kingdoms? Yes, we have, for sure. So to kind of recap how it works for anybody who hasn't played it out there, I think these roles are created and I, I think the names differ from group to group, but we call them the king, the knight, and then there's two bandits. And then the last one is an assassin. So you, you generally need five people to kind of fill in these slots. There's more beyond that, but I think that's like the starting point. So the king is the only one that reveals their role. Reveals their role. So everyone else has like a, a, a hidden identity. They don't really know who everybody else is. The knight kind of knows because he's on the side of the king. So he just knows everyone that isn't him is his enemy. Right. And then the bandits are supposed to be on a team, but they don't know who 
of the last three would be the bandits. And their job is just to rush the king and shove him out of the game. And then I think, and I could be wrong on this rule, but the assassin is trying to make sure one bandit is dead before they make their attempt on the king, right? Yeah, so they need to have a player dead, and then they kill. Then they then their mission is to kill the king once a bandit is dead. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think of any other rules that make that need to be said before we go into this story. Wasn't it if um, the king mistakenly kills? His knight. His, his knight. knight do- his knight doesn't reveal their identity either. Yeah, I think they lose like half their permanence or something like that. Rounded yeah. up. Yeah. Anyway, um, I liked to just not look at whatever my identity was every time we'd start these games because <laughs> we were playing them so much. There was like a summer where we just went nuts with it, and I just kept saying, "I don't know what I am. I'm attacking the king." <laughs> <laughs> and we had this guy who played with us who he was so anal retentive. He just could. This just like he just couldn't handle this game, man. Like. His wife was playing with us. He would like try to bribe her into showing his her identity or whatever, which would totally break the game. He'd bully people. But when I started doing this, he just lost it. You gotta look at your role, man. Yeah, and it got into the point where he was like refusing to play lands until I review. I I deed myself. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna play any lands anymore. Like, because he didn't have anything he could do. It was like the only thing he could do. Like, I'll just I'll just not play. But I won't stop and leave. Like, he just like. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing a tantrum. I'm like, I don't. I had a pretty. I, I wanted to see if I could just work it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you could triangulate what everybody's role was without knowing your own. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered if I could just see if I. But I was the only thing I was worried about was like, what if I'm the knight because I keep attacking the king? <laughs> I mean, odds are that I'm not. <laughs> They're not very good odds. <laughs> odds are that I'm not. Yeah, those games went on for way too long. We stopped playing them because the decks we've. Hyper competitive decks just don't work with that. Like if you give one deck fifty life, because I think the, the knight comes with fifty life. The, right? the king does. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, the king comes with fifty life, and then one that has like the knowledge that this one is their friend. So the knight like already knows that guy with fifty life is their friend, so it can point all of its value elsewhere. At these other three players, mm-hmm. it just comes apart. Yeah. Like it's really good for. It's a really fun modification to the game if you're really battle cruisery, like on a budget. Yeah, you know, you're just looking to resolve some big ass creature, but ugh, dude, the, the better the decks get, the worse this style of play would get too. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. Like the thing that would break Emperor decks back in the day is if the Emperor was just like a combo deck and was able to completely not care about what its opponents were doing. So oh, Emperor's six, isn't it? Don't you need six people? For yeah, that? yeah. But I just think like any of these like role based. Uh, multiplayer games like if if it's all about one person and they can just like ignore everyone else and do some non-interactive combo or something then it just totally yeah throws yeah, it out the window it's, it's uh combo decks definitely kill that form dude everybody everybody here loves it man and i i don't dig it anymore like i i know. think it's real it's we solved how to figure out who is what so you can't like fake anybody out yeah. anymore yeah oh. No, yeah, we stopped playing too because we, for a little while, we had friends who were really into it, and they would be like, "Oh, let's kingdoms, let's do it," and then they'd come up with like different role, like you were saying, there's variant roles after the five, like they would yeah, come up with their own house rules. Yeah, yeah, and and it just got to the point where this is too much, and someone's deck is always not made for this, and it just, yeah, I can't, I can't really play it as much as I used to. I think the appeal of kingdoms might just be if you're in a metagame where like people get offended if you attack them or something like assigning these roles like okay i have to do this because my my role tells me to do it there's no yeah there's no like hurt feelings like why are you attacking me bro it's like well because i have this piece of cardboard telling me what to do i have a story on kingdoms as well oh no that uh that we we had it's the same couple was playing with us Mm -hmm. yeah you me and brad were kind of more progressed i guess in our our commander deck building capacity you guess <laughs> i'm trying to be nice here right yeah it was pretty bad <clears throat> there was a, a huge power difference so, between them so yeah she drew the uh the king role and she was playing some i think she was playing cranko but like it was i don't know how you fuck up cranko but she found a way gutter snipe was in there just to put that out yeah there. just to, <laughs> it was just like it's a goblin any goblin let's yeah. put it in so she was she was the king and i was the knight and she was not doing well. But nobody had pieced together that that I was the knight. 
And so I started attacking my king, my queen here. I started attacking her so that I could lure the assassin into trying to just kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I, I'd faked Brad, who was the assassin. Oh, I remember this. Okay. I'd faked Brad into killing me because he thought I was a bandit because I'd been attacking them. Yeah, because the assassin in the early game should act like another knight. Like, yeah. He really doesn't want the bandits to get there first. He might like let the life total come down a little bit. Really, a, a good assassin will at the last second try to take somebody out and then pivot. And and if I recall, I think what we did was if the assassin mistakenly killed a non-bandit person and then tried to kill the king, the king's life total was reset to 30 was what we were doing. And so that's why I tried to like pull this fake off. <laughs> So I got Brad. He'd kill the wrong. I, yeah, yeah. Right. So I got I Brad this. to kill me, and then Brad went and killed, went to kill her, and I was like, "Well, I was the knight, so she gets more life. You're dead, dude." Yeah, I remember him <laughs> went berserk, man. He's like, "What kind of knight attacks the king?" <laughs> it was like the only thing I could do because I just needed to give she her was more already time. Below thirty, I remember it was just kind of like yeah. I was like, I'm basically was... giving her eighty life because she she's having a bad bad game it was like the only thing i could think to do to actually protect her because i'm like she is doing nothing to help her own cause they were cool to play with one one christmas they gave us like christmas presents where they made foil cards like custom made foil cards for everybody and brad's was pretty pretty wild but mine was andy and then it's a legendary creature lying sphinx is what they put in there Because I had I had lied about a bunch of stuff throughout a course of one of these like because in kingdoms I'm not you know I'm gonna lie like I'll, I'll lie yeah I got that in my hand you mm-hmm. know but well, we're usually pretty forthright except for in kingdoms yeah because that's the whole point of the game no yeah that is literally the whole point of the game is you're like what are you are you a bandit and you're like I don't know I'm the knight I'm the knight dude look I'm attacking the bandits I haven't looked at my identity I don't know I could be the king I don't know. <laughs> I can't be the king. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> no, I do. I really actually do love variant formats a lot. So I've tried a lot of them. And Kingdoms was one that like stuck with our playgroup for a little while. And I just, I, yeah, kind of like you said, I'm just, I can't anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it anymore. You get the, you get like the Nekusar player who draws the king and you're like, okay, let's watch this guy jerk off. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> life. Yeah, exactly. You know? It just gets. And the knight's like, I don't have to do anything but remove permanence. That's about it. You yeah, know, or counter anybody who tries to remove his stuff and let everybody like, yeah, just I need to be one health above everybody else. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one time. Uh, this is, I guess, a mini mini story. I was playing Kingdoms and the king was heartless hit at Sugu, and that was probably the fastest game of Kingdoms I've ever seen oh my <laughs> in my entire mm. life. It was just like the knight pretty much did exactly what you said. Just like countered anything that was relevant to stopping, like any kill spell that went towards hit at Sugu was countered. And then it was like turn six or seven and like Hidetsugu gained one life from like that land that just it gains a life when it enters the battlefield. Mm-hmm. That like colorless one. And yeah, that plus, was it. Plus they just they that's the perfect for Hidetsugu, right? Like they start higher, so Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just it was like, wow, okay. That was a fun Kingdoms game, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, we tried we tried our best to preserve it. Like you couldn't pick your deck, you know, yeah, after yeah. you roll. You had to do deck then roll. So you just had to make it work. I don't know if that helped or hurt, but it just it was fun while it lasted. But as the decks got better and as the play group got more skilled, it just th- those those barriers between everybody are <laughs> exploitable. I have a weird story, actually. This is like a long time ago. It's kind of in the same thing. It was like years and years ago, like probably like twenty. 12 or something like that uh there weren't that many commanders as there are now like the decks were slower people were more willing to play like seven eight player games in my playgroup yeah. at the time oh god yeah yeah and we're sitting down at like this cafe near like my, some of my friends house and like more and more people start showing up to play cards and we're like okay because we just kind of like threw out some text messages like hey if you can play like thinking like three people would show up and we ended up with this big seven-player game at this cafe. We had to like put way too many tables together. It was Dude, how annoying. Yeah, we were else. we were terrible. It was it was great, and we all sit down. And my friend, who pretty much like only played red black decks, he still mostly plays Rakdos decks. Is like, I got a new deck, and we're like, oh, cool. And uh, I just remember it's like talking to someone. <laughs> well, yeah, his first Rakdos is like legendary. It's so good and like like legitimately really good. And I think about it all the time. Like the amount of times he got it down like turn four, and then I had to sack down to like three permanents. And he has like this giant seven power beater. I was like, holy 
<laughs> this is not <laughs> so funny. What but, am I going to do? But this time he was playing uh, Karavik the Merciless. So I don't know if you know that guy. He's You yeah, probably oh, do. Yeah, really heavy-handed command oh, that. Yeah, so seven mana, five, four. Whenever he an opponent plays a spell or casts a spell, I guess now, uh, he deals damage equal to that spell CMC to target creature or player. And it's really good. Yeah, it's really it's crazy it's good. Sick. Yeah. And really crazy good in a seven-player game when you have six opponents. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> so what ended up happening was like me and some other friends who'd like had a little bit more just game experience at that point were like, hey, like we can't let like this guy resolve this this spell. We can't let him live if this guy's going to be around. And the table's like, oh, whatever, like a little bit more casual. Like people are still thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like ramp up and cast my like whatever big beater thingies like that was kind of the play group at the time and we're like no like we're just gonna die if we don't do anything about this so the game goes and it's going and it's going and then all of a sudden turn seven Karavik is down and me and my friend go okay anyone have a kill spell because like neither of us had a kill spell and they're like, no. What are the odds of that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. With well, that many people? Out of seven people. Well, they no did. The thing was, it. they did, but the person with the kill spell was like, no, I let it happen. He just like, looks at everyone oh, like, hee 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 I'm going to lord over everybody with my kill spell. Yeah, <laughs> just like terrible. And then what happens is like the turn goes around like normal, like one, two, three, four, five. And then on the sixth player's turn, like everyone had cast spells and the Karavik has been like targeting one of the guys, like not the guy with the kill spell, but like this this other guy who was like kind of threatening to wrath. And on the sixth player's turn, boom, that guy's dead. And then the whole table goes, wait, you're dead? And the guy's yeah. like, yeah, like Kerverick killed me. And everyone goes, oh no, like kind of realizes their mistake. Like, wait, what's going on here? And slowly, and like the only thing that saved us is that on my friend's turn, he goes, okay, well now I'm going to play Yogmoth's agenda. And we go, uh... What does that Hello? do? What? <laughs> and so Yagmoth's agenda is this black enchantment. It's three and two black, and it says you can't cast more than one spell each turn. Uh, sorry, you may play cards from your graveyard, not just lands. Uh, and if a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So we were kind of saved because my friend was like, I just want to play this, and could only play one spell a turn from like then on. And we are like, so oh like my... Limited Kervix. Exactly. Breach. So so he like attacked us and other people were attacking and the guy at the kill spell sitting there like, hee 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 hee, like I'm, I'm not in danger. And, and basically what ended up happening was every turn, that guy and the Kervix guy, like he just made this like dark deal with the Rakdos player and... <laughs> and they just kind of teamed up to win because the guy was like, I got a kill spell. Nothing bad's going to happen to me because I can just kill him. And then the uh, Garrett guy just like exsanguinated at the very end. And it didn't, <laughs> it's like the kill spell oh, didn't shit. matter. It's like this guy's at like 12 and like the game's gone on for like multiple turns and stuff. And it, it was like, dude, you just, why would you make a deal with the devil like that? Like, just because you have like a terminate in your hand, <laughs> like it's so oh, stupid. No. So the Kerrick won this seven player game, even though like multiple people were going at him because like he had this, basically like this misguided knight, like protecting him the entire time. <laughs> and I think about that to this day. I think about like seven people and like no one could deal <laughs> with this one because he only cast Kerrick once. Like so, it just yeah, it's sat there. Unbelievable, this story. Like it's almost <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, like I experience this like all the time. I play a Greven deck, and the thing about Greven is that pretty much if you untap with him, like you have the power to kill somebody that turn, and <laughs> and so like every attack step when I have Greven like re- ready. Uh, I just do like a hand check on everyone. Like, hey, do you have removal? If you can kill Greven, just show me, and then I won't kill you. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and so I just like Yikes. slowly eliminate all the players who can't deal with don't. with the Greven, and then once it's one v one or something, then uh, then yeah, then it's a uh, kind of a coin toss if I can win at that point. But whatever, <laughs> I, I got my kills, I got my notches on my belt. Yes, it's, it's like a kill spell is like your golden ticket to the chocolate factory. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you get to live, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty. That's wild. It, it's interesting Kerbeck staying alive that long. Kerbeck is a really attractive, like, new player commander for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scales so easily for anybody to understand, like, well, anybody cast a spell, you know? Yeah. And then you f- later on figure out, oh, wait, I can target creatures with his ability. So he's just wastelanding everything. Like, yeah. nobody can hold on. Yeah. Just a yeah, whole board is controlled. You had Kerbeck in your 
smash and thrash deck is like okay i'm gonna get smash on the the first cast of my own yeah and then everything else care, is care back from then on it's interesting now because i loved him so much for so long and i've cut him from rakdos decks a lot I, lately I think, it, I think it just has to do with like sort of how our meta has evolved like part yeah. of Caravac's power is that the environments that are conducive to just playing this like seven mana commander are also conducive to a bunch of top end spells if you can cast this seven drop other people are going to be casting their seven drops and Caravac's power is so much greater than if you're just running in a meta with like a bunch of swords to plowshares and path to exile yeah where you trade your Caravac for a one mana spell and ping something for one yeah, it's not worth it because that's happened for sure. Where we, where somebody's resolved them and they're like, "All right, path." Like, Come on, man! <laughs> you, take one, jerk. <laughs> Make a deal, bro. <laughs> for this episode, I was trying to think of like these memorable games, and there's kind of like a bunch of different axes. Because like this one, I didn't win. I didn't win that game, but I remember it to this day, and I still love it. Like I had a great time, even though I was like frustrated for most of it. You're right. Like there are so many different axes to go on with. Like what makes a game memorable? Something that uh, that I think is maybe adjacent to that that's that sticks out in my mind was uh, Andy's brother Brad. Early in our commander time, he had a charade deck. Like I don't oh know God. if there's any particular game that stands out to me. I, I, well, I do remember one instance because what happened was like Andy and I like couldn't solve it because I think that was the first <laughs> deck that had a lot of sack demands yeah, in it yeah and so we would just could effect. not get creatures to stick at all we're just like oh my god what do i do to even like get into the game and so i i remember getting out i had a reese the redeemed deck and i was like i am just gonna try to token up so that i have plenty of sack fodder and he can't deal with me oh he got he got up up my godless shrine so fast like i couldn't even handle it like it's just <laughs> And it, and it's one of those things where like the the key is just kill charade. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, just you just kick his feet out from under him by yeah, like, like kind of high price commander out. Yeah. Similar to like your experience with that Kervec game, like it, the commander just needed to go, and then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but for whatever reason, we like we were trying to solve it with our own deck as opposed to let's stop him from doing what he's doing. Let me yeah. just try and get on top of him. Mm-hmm. And that was not working. Yeah. I mean, we eventually did figure it out. But... I don't remember us running a lot of spot removal back then. It was all just like wraths or nothing. Yeah. Like we figured, eh, if I'm going to kill something, let's just kill it all. And we really liked that it actually worked because we came from a standard format where I think there, I think it was only one deck that really ran any type of wrath effects at one point. Yeah. Um, but once we saw how effective. Well, because my Reese the Redeemed were, deck had, yeah, had, like, had set demanded board wipes in our play group and so that's kind of what we ran but sheree was like okay you need spot removal in Just your deck and you're good and now <laughs> these silly creatures because i think his original idea for the deck was to do a shadow shadowborn apostles version of the deck oh yeah yeah and then he was like this is gonna be boring like he has a pretty good <laughs> sense of like he's like this is gonna be boring dude i'm gonna go for the same demon every time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, what else do you do? And I remember like going to bed and then the next morning, dude, he, I had like this huge text message from him that he's been run all these creatures. They're all, they all do something either when they die or they're one, one. he's like, dude, there's so many actually. Um, I remember thinking like, this is not going to work. Oh, <laughs> I saw no. the chimney imp. I think all the chimney imp does is that it take makes you, it forces a card from your hand on top of your library, oh, yeah. but it's like four or five mana or something like yeah. that <laughs> on his list. And I'm like, this is the dumbest I've ever seen. And I like rolled back over and that was that. And then he bought the deck for cheap, dude. I mean, these cards are not expensive by any means. Oh yeah. And you don't, it's one of those ones where it's like cabal coffers isn't really needed, I guess. Like, yeah, unless no. you have some end game plan for all these little one ones you really just want to hold your goddamn commander is all you're really looking to do yeah he sets up we go to work he starts with the bottle gnomes sacrifices it gains three life so by the time we get back to him he's up by like nine right Mm -hmm. yeah we go to his turn again he resolves uh the black cat which i think makes you discard a card at random when it dies oh yeah (laughs) so he eats it with some other permanent and he just keeps picking on me every time and that was my moment where i'm like this is really annoying, actually. Like he's <laughs> he's constantly looking, ripping cards out of my hand and gaining three life. So it just becomes this black, insane 
snowball dude like it just it, yeah like you like you don't have cards in hand and then grave pact comes out at some point and now and yeah now you can't keep anything yeah, on the yeah, whatever is getting past his discard wall is now going to get killed and all it takes is just killing sheree that's all it takes you just got to get rid of her you know you just punch the hole out of that eye of the hurricane and you're good <laughs> but it took us a minute to realize like we're we're dumb newish commander yeah. players. We do don't know we, any better. Do you remember when we asked it? We asked him to take apart uh, Savra because we just couldn't handle it. <laughs> Same oh, thing. No. We were like, dude, we just cannot handle this anymore. Can you just get rid of it? And he's like, what? Why? He's a pretty good guy. Like he's like he wants people to have fun, but we were just so uneducated about this game, dude. We were just like, mm -hmm. we just can't do it. No, just please take it apart, okay? We, we can't hold. <laughs> There's the sapperlings everywhere, and they can't can't even have a creature anymore. Every time you play, it was. We actually asked them to do it. We I did. It's the only time we've ever done that. Yeah, I'm it, pretty sure. Is it? Yeah. If you brought it back now, I'd be whatever. But like back then, dude, like we just could not wrap our head around that. Because I had a Riku deck as a big, greedy, dumbass wizard that just dies at these edict effects. Yeah, Riku does not handle Grave Pact very well. No way. You're like, uh oh, uh hmm. Well, I guess you cost nine now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 stuff like that that has to happen though. Like it's it's somebody getting ahead that hard where you're like, well, the Croson Grip this will answer that. He has no way to stop this. So you find ways to upheave the deck, and then you know that's that. Like decks like that that work so well but come apart because of a few cards. They don't last long. They rule over our your meta for a while, but they'll get taken apart. Yeah, very very interesting with those. All right, I got a, another story for you guys. This is pr pretty recent, maybe like six months ago. So I was running this Celestia tokens deck. I got this really fast start because uh, of an early soul ring. And I ended up with like five creatures with 10 power each, just like enormous beaters Whoa. super early in the game. So I like swung with all my guys. And then second main phase, I cast Greater Good. I sacked all five creatures, drew 50 cards. And, oh my god! And then, <laughs> typically when I build token decks, I really look at the ratio of bodies created to mana spent, and like the ideal is to get like one to one. You spend one mana, you get one one body. I like that philosophy a lot. So after drawing my 50 cards, I play an Earthcraft, which is card so broke. It is broke. So two mana enchantment, tap an untapped creature you control, untapped target basic land. So because so many of my token producers are like, you spend five mana, you get five bodies, they all ended up being essentially free. Like I'd pay five mana for an increasing devotion, get five guys, tap them, get five mana back, cast the next thing. So out of this 50 cards, I just go like increasing devotion. I go Conqueror's Pledge. I go Avenger's Endicar. I go Deep Forest Hermit. Just cast all of these token producers out of my hand and still end the turn with a bunch of mana up. Uh, That's dope. Yeah. So I, I just, like, I'm ready to flash back that increasing devotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so unfortunately I, I didn't really, because I'm just in Celestia, I don't have any haste granters or any extra combat steps. So I just end up with a bunch of tapped monsters. All I can do is like put some plus one plus one counters on them. And then I pass the turn. And so for like, each player, I'm just like looking them in the eye. Can you kill my guys? No. Nope. Okay. Next turn. But like, <laughs> it's just that kind of thing you got to do when you're playing aggro and commander. Well, it's, it's all on the table. Can you deal with this, or do I kill you on my next turn? Yeah. And so like, <laughs> no answers, no answers, no answers. And then I get to my friend Laser, and he's like, I got an answer. And he casts Azuri's Predation. Eight mana for each creature your opponents control. Put a 4-4 green beast creature token onto the battlefield. Each of those beasts fights a different one of those creatures. So, oh, no. So at this point, I've got like 26 guys or something on the field. So fortunately, I do have like somewhat of an answer. I go Inspiring Call. Draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. They gain Indestructible in until end of turn. So my guys don't die. I draw like 26 but cards. Four but he's got a billion 4-4s. He's got so many. He also happens to have on the field a Kavu Lair and a Kiora Behemoth Beckoner. So when these 4-4s are entering the battlefield, <laughs> he's drawn two cards for each one. He draws 50 cards himself off of all these enormous beasts entering the battlefield. And then, uh, of course, he doesn't have any way to give him haste or anything, so he just 
drops some mana rocks and passes the turn. <laughs> and just to clarify, like first I drew 50 cards and then I drew like 26 cards. So I have yeah, you don't have much of a library left. <laughs> yeah, I have like two cards left in my library. So you I'm got to figure this out now. Exactly. I'm very aware that I'm uh, that I'm on a clock. Fortunately, like one of the 50 cards I drew was an Elspeth Suns champion. So I, I kill everything with power four or greater, which does not include my tokens, but oh, does God. include all his four fours. And so I've, I've got like 25 dudes. They're all like two twos, three threes, whatever. But unfortunately, I don't have enough to kill everyone. So I try to figure out like who is the least threatening person of the remaining opponents that I can leave alive long enough for me to survive to my next turn and kill him. <laughs> the guy who plays, he's playing Azuri's Predation. He's green, blue, ramp. I don't want none of that. He's definitely dead. Other guys, yeah. like black, white control, probably has a lot of wraths. Don't want to deal with that. He's probably out. The last guy is, he's playing mono red. And people in our metagame like, are pretty good about keeping to their deals. So I said, okay, I'll make you a deal. I'll let you live this turn if you don't cast a board wipe on your turn. And <laughs> and like, what's he going to do? The alternative is, okay, is just, no, kill me right now. Of course, of course he's yeah. going to say yes. Uh, so he takes that deal. I slaughter the other two opponents and pass to him. I'm like, okay, good luck. And then he draws for the turn, plays a land, casts Reforge the Soul. And again, I have two cards in my library at this oh, point. Oh, yikes. <laughs> he found a way around it. And I, end like, up... I don't need damage. <laughs> <laughs> that guy deserves it, dude. <laughs> You milled me out with a mono red. A card deck. that would have just been like a well. Let me see what I can do. Becomes a. I think you're done, right? I think you die now. You drew a lot of cards this game, my friend. Alzheimer's has killed you. You have no more knowledge. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody deck someone with like red in their identity. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen that. That's like that game's like the epitome of Selesnia, right? Where it's like you can do these explosive things, you can draw a ton of cards, but you don't have access to haste. Yeah, if there was ever a dual, <laughs> you don't have like identity, a goblin bombardment or anything like that. Like you just more the sum of its parts. It's the Selesnia identity for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, no, you you really have to just be super transparent with what you're doing with Selesnia. There's no tricky attacks out of nowhere. There's no interacting with the stack. It's just like here's some enormous threat can you deal with this if not well <laughs> yeah yeah you really just have to look everybody in the eye and be like all right am i well, dead now <laughs> what's the plan what's the plan because of what i've done uh, who me <laughs> are you mad yeah, I'm gonna at me kill you. that's the right move i'm moving on then yeah <laughs> yeah good work <laughs> yeah i i like the trainer deck good yeah, work exactly <laughs> you I, I have a safi deck now but for a while i went through different commanders for it and it's so funny because even as a combo deck you still fall prey to that in selesnia a lot of the time where you're like yeah, i, I have the combo like, symbol probably a way to do it but yeah oh well, i mean it depends on safi's way better because you can just eventually you get altered dementia or something like that but like there's still times just because you can't tutor up the really good sack outlets really easily in those colors where you're sitting right. there and you're like well you're not dead now. <laughs> and the entire board can see like that they are dead next turn, but you're like, so we're cool, right? <laughs> like, it's not right now. It's not right. You got you got a turn. It's cool, right? We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> prognosis is bad. It's death, but it's not today. So Yeah. I don't have a lot of stories that are this granular, Nick. I mean, this are, these are really compelling stories. <laughs> I listen and I'm like uh, do you have this deck list? So I'm, asking, <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> like my stories are just like we played Kingdoms once and everyone got mad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's worth it too, though, because honestly, like just how different people are gonna remember different things. Like mm -hmm. I I just focus more on like the the insane plays, the 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 haymakers and stuff. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, you, no, you do. <laughs> what, what do you guys say, man? Well, I was gonna say I I I think it's it's the bizarre things that really stick for me like that that's yeah. a bizarre scenario that you've drawn your entire library and somebody reforged the soul with you on when you're playing a selesnia deck yeah. like that that is a bizarre got there was cool circumstance like one that stands out to me was when we went to gp vegas last year uh we did the attractable thing mm -hmm. um, yeah and i did an enchants build and like at some point during the game i like i had 
I had Paradox Haze pass through my hand, which just makes it so that you get your upkeep twice, right? And so I cast that, and everybody's kind of like, well, that's not usually in a deck for no reason. Yeah, I remember <laughs> everybody like being really suspicious, because you didn't really have anything... Yeah, there was no manifest reason to have it at the moment. Yeah, at it, the I moment. just I just put it out because I'm like, ah, it passed through my hand, and so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it put it into play. But the re- the reason for it was I have enduring ideal in the deck. Yeah, like basically you just you just get to tutor a card at your upkeep every turn, but you can't cast spells the rest of the game, right? So bec- now I've got paradox haze, and I'm so I'm tutoring two enchants each turn into play into play, and so. I went out and I got like I, I imprisoned in the moon somebody else's Atraxa and I I put uh, the dark steel mutation on another one like because well, so. we were headed towards an infect death like, yeah in it in a tournament where infect wasn't allowed we were still going <laughs> to die from poison counters I don't know how that happened <laughs> somehow somebody got past that rule yeah <laughs> so yeah like I'm I'm just sitting here doing this and I'm kind of like. And I, 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 my commander had been killed. Like I prematurely decided to go ahead and do my enduring ideal so that I could just go with what I wanted to do with this deck. Like I, I ideally what I would have done is I would have had a Traxa out and then I would have gotten some, some kind of beater onto a Traxa, you know, so that we could do, do just one shot like kills, mask yeah, like ancestral mask or something like that. But it was kind of interesting watching everybody try and resolve, like, solve the fact that I've, I've imprisoned their commanders. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't cast spells. Like, I'm not going to counter anything you do to me because I can't. Yeah. Like, it's just, I've just got my enchantments, guys. So, like, let's see what you can do. We ended, we ended up losing that game. But, uh, but I got to pull off the Paradox Haze Enduring Ideal. <laughs> Beautiful. It's a high mana bar to get over. For it sure. really is. Yeah. <laughs> It's just interesting, like, thinking back. Normally, like, when me and Nick are making episodes, like, we're kind of, like, gathering data and we're, like, talking about, like, what it means or, like, what we think is going on. This one was interesting because it was, like, introspective in a way. It was, like, Mm. looking back through time and being like, oh, yeah, why was that memorable? Like, why did I feel these things? We're we're thrusting commander theory into the qualitative realm. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. <laughs> it's good. It's a good thing. I mean, I guess we're gonna figure out if we learned anything now, huh? Because I don't. I- I'm tapped out of stories. Do you guys got yeah. any ones you want to share? I got one. Why Paradox Engine actually is banned? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking back on it. Like, I don't think we walked away from this experience thinking like that card needed to be banned, but there's just no way it would have happened with it. Yeah. So I'm on Duretti, and then across from me is AP with Drownu, and then I don't remember who the third operator was i think it was like nath of the guilt leaf probably and then you had a sylvia and corvath thing going on yeah so at some point in the game you dropped an immortal sun which just like shut my commander off like i don't have a way to activate the ability anymore because it just says planeswalker abilities can't be activated and (laughs) i think you just started dumping on me to get me out because i've built the duretti deck to kind of i never get his ultimate so i just I'm trying to put the Rube Goldberg machine together before it's too late. So you got me down to like one health. I think I was exactly one off of one of your combat. Exactly one. Um, Everybody else was dead, I think, at this point, well, too. Well, AP was left. I needed AP, actually. In the oh, that's right. That's work. right. So we go to my turn, and I have a lot of mana rocks. Like, that's the only thing I got going on. Put in a Chaos Wand and then a Paradox Engine and have enough to target AP with Oh, this. God. Yeah, so AP's like, what What does this do? And I kind of told him, like, we're going to re- go through your instants and sorceries, and I'm going to auto-cast them until you don't have any left, because every time we do this, all of my stuff's going to untap off the engine, <laughs> and I'm going to throw the Staff of Nin triggers at Kyle as we go through this. <clears throat> and Ky- and then AP's like, somewhere in here is the Tendrils of Agony, so it, we can just stop right now. Like, <laughs> he's like, He's like... Somewhere in here, this is, uh, there's going to be either a storm card that's going to kill us or a storm card that's going to set this thing off, and the, there was just enough Nintra. So, yeah, with one life. One life, no commander that could be used. Like, I was in the worst position possible. A bunch of mana rocks, Paradox Engine, and one other card just send me, send me home with a win. 
I was very entertained by that, but also very unhappy. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I don't win with Sylvia and Corvath very often, and it, it looked like I was about to take You're like, it. Are you kidding me, Andy? Are you kidding me? You're one life, Andy. It's so good. <laughs> and it's Chaos Wand. It's yeah. Chaos Wand. Like, it's not even a good card. <laughs> but when you can combo with it, yeah. turns out I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty is, good. Yeah, with the engine, like pretty much you can just empty somebody's library of instance of sorceries, and that's about it. You know, and a yeah. lot of the time it's just like, eh, I'm not gonna cast that or whatever. I'm gonna, yeah, but like that time he's like, there's you're gonna hit a storm card in here, you're gonna hit one. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to go through it. He like just didn't even. I'm not doing this. We're done. That's so funny. Just throws the <laughs> deck at you. Boros charm when you need it to just yeah. end you. Just four damage to my face. <laughs> All right, let's hit you with the wand. You better have a counter spell up next. <laughs> Good. That's actually really funny because that's one of those cards that I've wanted to use since it came out and have not gotten to yet i left it in like i don't have the paradox engine but i'm like i don't want to go to the wand like it's a, I, think, you know. I think your philosophy is find removal or ramp yeah and the green player is a really good one to target because it's either going to be some kind of enchant or artifact removal or probably ramp which you're good for both paradox engine just turned everything into that like it could be like a really, a really... situation into like a winning exactly yeah yeah and it, with it... A bat with a really other bad card that's not that good yeah exactly you because all it had to do is something like literally all your card had to do was something and then when you paradox engined you could kill someone with it mm-hmm. like anything productive in any way shape or form no matter how like inefficient or bad and paradox engine would just kill you and it it was nuts and uh yeah the longer i had it in my deck the more i made card decisions to f- build or find it yeah yeah so when they banned it i, w- I remember thinking like oh, i'll be fine but i didn't really have a catalog of how many changes i had made to Duretti just to make sure that engine was oh, happening yeah. mm-hmm. you know so like where memory jar used to be in the deck it's now something else you know what i mean like things where i'm like i really wanted to the whole thing just kind of came apart when they banned it. i was like <laughs> i gotta rebuild this because I've made so much of a point to make make the card come out every game. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's like a decent metric when discussing like whether a card is ban worthy is just is it worth it? Is like the value proposition it presents like so attractive that it's worthwhile to search it out every game to work as hard as you can to make sure you get it. Like Right. I think Paradox Engine definitely meets that metric. Yeah. I've got one last story before we try to wrap up sure yeah this is, this okay. is kind of like a uh, being a jerk to, to another player situation <laughs> so we we kind of have this policy in our play group of not having overlapping commanders as it so i our intention is to just kind of introduce variety so yeah the dib system uh, mm-hmm. yeah like we like we, nobody wants to have two attractions at the table that's lame Nobody wants one attracts at the table, but yeah, <laughs> we've been having multiple Torbran matches lately, and that's been I've been enjoying it, but in like kind of masochistic way. Fast, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. When you really want to get the reps in on your deck, yeah, it's good for that. <laughs> anyway, so we introduced a couple new people into our play group. Uh, it was probably 2014. Uh, the most recent Commander release had been the 20 Commander 2013 decks. I had been on Aloro for quite a while. Okay, but one of these new people was super interested in Aloro. They got the Aloro precon and and built Aloro and kind of just, just ig- went around the rule. Ignored our policy of yeah. no overlap commanders, and I was a little frustrated at that. And then, but well, they were always like, "Let's play both. Let's both play Aloro at the same time." And I'm like, "Can we not?" <laughs> <laughs> I had enough one ones at the table with that one. <laughs> so so the, the the other thing that aggravated me is is when you've when something's kind of your baby and for a long time life gain was my baby mm-hmm. you know like so Alora was just my thing like i had put a lot of a lot of work into my Alora list and this guy had a terrible Alora list to the point that he would put in things like ornithopter because he wanted to focus on extort oh, wow. so he had all this no. extort stuff and then so a bunch stupid. of zero cost spells so he could just extort and so i did a really mean person thing and i decided I'm going to build an Erebos deck. <laughs> <Okay>. uh. <laughs> so we sit down to the table. He gets out of Laurel and I get out Erebus and he's, he's not he like, he didn't even read the card. He didn't even read the card. Yeah. And so then I cast my commander and he starts going to gain life. I'm like, you can't gain life, dude. <laughs> every turn. All right, I'm going to go by two. You're not going like, up you by can't two. like, and it was every turn. Like, 
okay, I'm going up by two, and then uh, you can't. You can't. And then he's like, and then I'm going to extort, and I gain uh, five. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> we just lose life. You get nothing. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. Halfway through that game, he's like, we really got to talk about banning Erebos, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, out of all the cards, bro, it, I'm like, just exile it. He'll just recast it. And that's true. But, <laughs> Yeah, you got to do something. You got to try. Dude, I loved it. There. Dude. I was playing. I was so into red. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved it. I'm like I want everyone going one direction. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I got one story because we was talking about house rules. This will be the our last one on our side. But my That's mom right. got involved with this one. So oh, no. it's yes, yes. I so I was between houses. I was like shopping for the house that I'm in now, and I was living in my parents' basement with my younger brother. He's he's in so many of these stories, but. We had this rule, and I think we still have that, that you can't target just a basic land to destroy it. You just can't okay. do it. Yeah, it keeps, it keeps games going in the right direction, I guess. Like, it is kind of our thing. Like, so mm-hmm. keeps the fields a little better. Some deal had been made. I don't know what was going on, but he was he was being friends with, uh, I think it was Kim, the Cranko, Cranko girl from our King- Kingdom story. And I had two blue up, and I don't know what they were planning, but it needed to be resolved like they needed to resolve it for sure he's like well just hang on hang on so we go to his turn and he targets my island with the beast within and he's looking at me and he's like just counter it dude <laughs> <Just> counter <laughs> it, you know because it's going to be her turn next i'm like dude i'm not i'm not doing anything i'm not destroying the land like i'm not doing it and he, he's like you got to dude. just counter it just counter it dude just counter it you know and i don't know what i don't know if it was just i had a really bad day or it was just after a long game, I blew up at him, dude. Like I, I don't usually salt out that bad, but this time I just lost it. I just started screaming. You always do this, like you. I was screaming at him, and you hear like my mom upstairs going, "What's going on down there? What's going on down there?" I don't. I'm just ignoring it, and he's just like, "Just counter the goddamn spell. It's not going to get destroyed if you counter the spell. I know you've got it, you know." And I did. Like I, w- I wanted to know what she was going to do. <laughs> Suddenly, she, my mom bursts into the room. You know, you guys are brothers, You're swearing like this over a video game, and I'm like, it's not a goddamn video game. You know, like, like I, I don't know. I went to like this like fugue state. I've never been so enraged in my life <laughs> over this this violation violation of the rules. He's like, I'm not destroying the land if you counter the spell. Like that was his whole like argument. He was saying like. I won't have broken the rule because you have to tar- you'll have to counter my spell. <laughs> Your land is still intact. The cops stopped me before I could kill the guy. I don't understand why you're arresting me. <laughs> yeah. I can't kill him if you arrest me first. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. She's like, never in my life have I heard such foul language from you two. <laughs> but yeah, I mean so. I don't know. Is there any through line that you guys can see with these stories? Uh, the game used to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Way to strip the romance out of it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, one of the things that I thought about getting ready for this is like, man, I'm really egocentric. <laughs> All of this is about me. Like one of the other stories I had in mind was was the first time Andy took control of my turn with Emrakul, the promised Andy. Oh, you lost your mind. Oh, my. Oh, I was... Oh, I don't know what else Andy did that game, but he ruined my life. That's what he a, did. I tutored a swamp with your vampiric tutor. I didn't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, were, but that, but that, it was all centered that, around me. Like, this, is, this is such an. This is such a. Oh my god! I I I, I like left the room. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the thing now. Is anytime anybody takes a turn of anybody else's, the other person just leaves the room. Like they won't. They yeah, won't you can't it. tolerate it. Like it, your blood pressure. Like AP will go into the kitchen. Do what you're gonna do. I can't watch it. I can't do it. Oh God, I've I've got a Mindslaver story. If you want to hear it, okay. I actually want to see Mindslaver actually do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing a uh, mono white Crovax Ascendant Hero deck. He's like Ascendant Evancar. He gives white creatures plus oh. one plus one. He gives non-white creatures minus one minus one. And you can pay two life to return him to your hand. So he's he's got that like Selenia ability. Oh, and. I also happen to have, this was a time when I was like really into getting max value out of Crucible Worlds. So I had an Aura Fracture in my deck and the idea was like, well, if I get Crucible and Aura Fracture out, I can sack a land, destroy enchantment, get the land back. 
and Aura Fracture is itself an enchantment. So my opponent ends up playing a Mind Slaver. He Mind Slavers me. I, of course, can't do anything about it because I'm playing white. He takes over my turn. He sees the Aura Fracture, and he starts going, okay, I'm going to sack this land, target Aura Fracture. In response, I'll sack this land, target Aura Fracture. I don't normally get pissed during games, but it's like, okay, dude. So you figure it out, like, the stack trick of, like, I'm going to do keep doing this thing in response to itself just because I want to pay the cost to screw you over. But you haven't figured out that my commander will straight make me lose. By doing the same By trick. doing the exact same thing. You're like, pay two life in response, pay two life, pay response, and just till you're dead. <laughs> yeah, so, so instead you're going to force me to, like, live through a game with no lands out rather than just dying immediately. And so it's like, okay, I guess I have to teach you how to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's always fun. Like those Mind Slaver games where you have to instruct your opponent how best to screw you. Mind Slaver is one of those cards that I've played it a lot, and I played it in metas where it was very prevalent when I was younger. Oh, and I'm always Diana. just amazed at how tilted people get. Yeah, like I have to pep talk myself to be like, okay, it's, it's okay. Part of how this person's winning, it's okay. I've actually cut it from decks in certain metas because I knew people would tilt. For me personally, like the games I remember most are, I guess, the ones where something unexpected happened, where I learned something about like my deck or an interaction. Like, I, I had no idea I was like pointing a shotgun at my own face when I was like constructing this Riku deck. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I had not, I did not expect to get milled out by the mono red deck yeah <laughs> or uh I, I guess yeah subverting expectations learning seeing interactions that you've never seen before in a way that is incredibly relevant to the outcome of the game that's usually what makes games memorable for me yeah i and i you know to me i i think something i kind of realized through the course of this conversation and kind of getting ready, ready for it too is that uh i think we all kind of have an intuitive sense of you know, we don't want to do the same all every time to win games. Like, like everybody kind of like, okay, Torment of Hellfire. How many times have I seen that win the game right. or Exsanguinate and things like that? We all, well, I think we all kind of have an intuitive sense, but sometimes I wonder if we kind of push ourselves to find those those weird wins. Like, obviously, we sometimes just stumble into them, like, and it's kind oh, of yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. But we had somebody on our uh, Discord server yesterday talking about having a, a win con in their deck that's built around getting Phage into play and then casting Fractured Identity. Oh, nice. Oh, that's pretty good. And I was like, I had to think about it for a second. It's I'm like, stretch, wait, but yeah. that's really funny that you get Phage into play and then you give everybody else a Phage that they haven't cast from their hand. Yeah. <laughs> so they lose. Playing against that or experiencing that would be, I would definitely remember that. You know, and so I kind of... But don't you think that happens like <clears throat> artificially then if they planned for it? Like, I think all of our stories are organic. That's right? true. Like, that's true. If, if you spent your entire game trying to land that I fractured identity phage win and you pull it off once like cool you know but i like the idea of just exploring that i guess is kind of my takeaway yeah, can, yeah are, are there more creative ways because i, I want more stories like this but I, as i'm thinking i'm like how do i make it happen other than like down tooling the deck you know yeah. what i mean like really backing away from stuff that just you know, like yeah. no, no good story is going to come out of a quick game, right? Like the quicker the game goes, like it doesn't have time to develop in a direction where you've got Sakashima cloning Kega over and over <laughs> and over again or whatever the hell multiple knowledge exploitations going off. Like the game would just never have gotten to that point. You yeah. Know? Maybe something is just like the meta needs to be slow enough. It might also help if your deck is just like really intricate and like less linear. For, for example, like with Duretti or with Teshar, these like intricate machines, I feel like I get a lot of surprise out of them because I, I can't predict ahead of time all the different interactions that are going to come about. So just in mm -hmm. the course of playing them, I'm I'm often surprised by when I can combo off or when when I can do something out of what looked like just a pile of junk. I agree. I have that experience with Tashar as well, where I'm I'm just sitting there like you're all sweating in the game. I was like, that's how I feel like when I'm playing Tashar. Like I'm just trying to like do calculations in my head just with my own deck, not not even taking into consideration what other people yeah. are doing. For me with the ready, it's just trying to put it together. <clears throat> yeah, artifacts definitely lean lean in for that. You know, like mm -hmm. they're 
the way they interact with each other, you kind of have to force it. It is not a straight line. <laughs> yeah, no. it's not a straight line. <laughs> That's my favorite type of deck to build. I build like machines. I like building decks that can do a th- a thing. And so it's they're usually not specifically it's usually like not I'm I'm going to execute on this action and make this combo happen. Like if I <laughs> if I have a combo deck, it's like there's a bunch of different pieces that can slot into it or something like that. Those kind of things where it's not like you're trying to do one thing, but you can do a lot of things. I think those end up leading to good stories because that's what it sounds like with you guys too. We're just kind of seeing what happens that ends up being a lot more fun. Before we go, I've got two quick questions from our our patrons so we can do like some lightning round answers on these. So the first question is two-parter, I guess. Do you think alt win cons make for more memorable games and or how do you feel about them? I think that's what we just kind of worked out just there, right? <laughs> I like I like them a lot, but I also understand the other side of it too. Like sometimes you just you're kind of over a game and you just need it to end. And so true. Having that blue having some more linear type things that can just end it. Yeah. is is helpful. I I think Andy and I differ a little bit with win cons. I tend to usually emphasize them a little bit more in my decks. Like I think Andy's about an experience quite a bit um like he's going to win like it's not like <laughs> and he's not trying to but <laughs> they're pretty far away though yeah and i like I, and so i think i have a tendency to kind of build like okay here's here's some stuff that's maybe like a little further away here's some stuff that okay if i find it i find I'm it i'm just gonna do this and it's over yeah so I, I suppose i'm both <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the, you you kind of recognize that sometimes you just need that like overrun effect or whatever I feel the same. I've definitely, like, killed a lot of people with, like, Lich and Repay in kind. And I feel like the first time I do that to someone, they remember it. Yeah. But, but they're like, wait, is that really Lich? And I'm like, yeah. And also you're dead. Also you're dead. <laughs> also you're dead. And also, also we're all at zero. Isn't this fun? And they're like, wait, what? Hmm, that's like, dope, yeah. though. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's funny. But it's, it's like, a, I feel like a lot of the alt-win cons kind of lose the buzz after the seventh twentieth thirtieth yeah. time you've done it to somebody. So I I like them, kinda like you said, but I do sometimes you just gotta like overwhelming stampede. Yeah. I'm not in love with them. I have on multiple occasions forgotten to put win cons in yes, my desk. This is so true. <laughs> so so going uh, yeah. out of my way to uh, yeah. <laughs> so going out of my way to like add additional win cons is not something I'm I'm likely to do. Wincon uh, tribal. Wincon tri- <laughs> yeah. It's, sometimes it's pretty good. All right. One last question. Was there ever a commander you built around that made you feel disgusted and then took apart or completely rebuilt? Derevi. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> built it and leaned in on the whole, like, you can't untap and I can stuff. Uh, some people call it stacks. And yeah, it just did not go over well. And I felt, I just felt bad playing it. Like, ones that just go fast, I don't feel disgusted about. Like, I guess Nekusara can go pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But you don't feel gross. Like, you're giving people cards, and they could answer it. But with stuff like that, where you locked somebody out of the game, and a commander that their cost never goes up, like, you can keep doing that activated ability. Like, there's just it's just this uphill fight for everybody. Huh. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a weird answer. Because I did do Brago stacks, and I took that apart, but... <clears throat> uh, but my my weird answer, I guess, is is Halar. Oh, we I, we hadn't had a deck that output that much damage that quickly in, at our table in a little bit. Oh, like interesting. That was just so broadly damaging. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it produced feels, and, and most importantly, probably for me because yeah, you were the one who got bugged because, out because because it became very quick. Like everybody was like, okay, kill Halar. Yeah, just get it rid of him. And like, but but I had I, I had seven counters on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i know that was that's why we killed it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's there were moments i could get through but i took that apart pretty quickly because it was just <laughs> it, it did lots of damage and it was kind of thrilling for a second but then i thought it was cool it was because he's got trampled doesn't he he does so yeah. i would hit somebody hard usually yeah. on, on the backswing i thought it was a cool deck but yeah i i wouldn't let you play it <laughs> 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 like i liked it but i just was yeah it's, he's gotta go <laughs> I definitely have one that I literally, kind of like you asked your friend a long time ago, I had people come to me and be like, Zach, for God's sake, please stop playing this deck. And what it was, was it? It was Kalitas, Trader of Get. 
Uh, really? Yeah, so 3 4 lifeline for 2 and 2 black. Uh, if a non token creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile that card and put a 2 2 black zombie creature token on the battlefield and you can do something else. You can psych zombies and whatever. But basically, like our meta, even now, is like very graveyard centric. There's a lot so of things I. where, yeah, where even if you're not like a graveyard deck, you probably use it in some regard. And so I would play Kalitas, and it was just like a good mono black deck. I'm like, I have all these mono black cards. I'm going to put them together and use Kalitas. <laughs> and it was just like, that was kind of, it wasn't even like a, I made a, a really mean deck on purpose. It was just like I had, I was playing my like Lash Rise, and I was playing my like Crypt Gas. I was playing like mono black cards and putting yeah, them together yeah. in this but thing. this guy's in everybody's way. Exactly. And so what would happen was like I would drop him and everyone on the table would go like, oh, like, oh, I can't do this thing anymore. And and this just happened so many times that eventually like two of my friends came together and they're like, Zach, Zach, please, please don't. You got to You got to take this guy apart. I was like, <laughs> any other mono black <laughs> commander. My yeah, friend. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the rest of your deck will not even notice. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me, was I one of them? (laughs) I can't remember. I I remember being super annoyed. I don't remember if I was one of the people who asked. I don't think it was you. I think it was it was some other people in particular. Mm. But I definitely remember. I remember a group of people. I don't think you were one of them because I think I would have remembered that. All right, I got one. Tried to counterpick against it. Like I'm not gonna play my graveyard centric deck. (laughs) No, I don't know. It's just oh, you're gonna play that. Well, then I'm not gonna play this. I I think it's. I think it might have just been an issue of like. In my case, like I have so many graveyard decks, so it's like if it, it felt like option. he was invalidating a bunch of different yeah. options, not just one. Yeah. yeah. But also, it's, I think there's just a bit of like you know, I I want to play this deck tonight, and I cannot as long yeah. as yeah. If you make this choice, uh, yeah. I can't make this yeah. choice. Yeah. All right, I got I got one. So a little while back, we were talking a bit about what a good metric would be for determining if if something broken had happened during a game. Basically, we were trying to come up with ideas for, like, if you had access to Magic Online commander data, how could you pick out the bad games? Hmm. And one thing we stumbled upon, an idea we stumbled upon, courtesy of our friend Alex, I think, was disparity in turn length would probably be a pretty good indicator for when something busted is happening. Like, either somebody is taking, like, a super long combo turn, or they've, like, locked everyone else out, that corresponds to a lot of the the undesirable game states that people try to avoid when they talk about the spirit of commander or whatever. So like you have three people that have really short turns because that one person with an actual turn has some kind of effect that's locking him out. Yeah, Brago's got stasis out and everybody passes so while are... Brago's like, let me go into combat and untap all of my, or okay. get all my yeah, I rocks get it. I get it. in. I get it, yeah. Huh. But the thing is like in analog games it's kind of hard to notice when that's happening we don't have like a chess clock or anything so i've definitely like played decks that led to a huge disparity in turn length and not even noticed it not even like been aware that i was like really annoying other people until one time recently so this was like when we were doing this planeswalkers as commanders experiment and i really wanted to play ugin the the new ugin ugin the ineffable and so i built this (laughs) eggs deck and oh the, no! Yeah. Hello? So, so basically, you have all these like you know guild globe type effects, just all these like super cheap artifacts that draw you a card when they enter the battlefield, or you sack them and draw a card. And I hadn't really played too much with eggs before. I'd like experimented a bit with Teshar, but like it was made clear to me just how much time I was taking up and just how much like fun I was diverting from the other people to myself. When at one point, my friend like. He had me dead to rights. If he untapped, he was going to kill me. But he didn't right. have enough time to sit through my turn to determine if he was going to untap. So he just said, I have to go. You just text me when you're done with your turn and let me know if I've lost or won. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, and so like 15 minutes later, I text him, I won. <laughs> And that's when I decided I should take apart the deck. <laughs> oh, that's like, uh, whew, what a chilling moment. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, man, I gotta go. So just text me if I won or lost, okay? See ya while you dirtle around with your... <laughs> Holy crap. I'm like trying to think of something comparable in the world to that moment. I'm no, like, well, that, that is just... <laughs> Where he's so divested that he's willing to leave the room. You know? yeah. like, he doesn't even... And just leave and go carry on with his day. <laughs> wow because of this deck 
So I I felt a little disgusted at that. That was I I I looked in a mirror and didn't like what I saw. Who am I? I used to be so beautiful. Your ass used to be beautiful. Sorry, I got I got to use the Jackie Brown line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that as a metric, though. I mean, now, now I'm kind of like running through the evaluation of my stuff because some of them, yeah, they take up a lot of time to fit what, noodle out. What if you're a ponderous player That's, and all your turns are long? Yeah, what do we do? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. I mean, that's that's annoying, t- too. I, I mean, yep. yeah, sorry. Yep, sure is. <laughs> I would sure is. Okay, if you happen to be a ponderous player listening to this podcast, I would say um, mm-hmm. what you probably want to do is like get the reps in with your deck in some way that won't harm other people. For example, if I'm playing like a really intricate combo deck, I will try to goldfish with it on like tapped out or architect. Like they all have some sort of features where you can play test and like learn the lines, learn the rhythm of the deck. And then you don't have to like figure it out while three other people are waiting on you and like checking their watches. I'll start doing that, Andy. Okay, thanks. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> well, yeah, I think for now, I think we're good. I, uh, do you guys want to... You had an introduction at the beginning. Do you want to tell guys like where to find you? Yeah, or? yeah. Where can we find you? Uh, if people want to support your show, if they want to listen to you, tell us all of your, your social media channels and uh, just where you live on the internet. Yeah, we live in dark spaces on the internet but just look for legendary creature podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts we do have a legendary creature podcast youtube channel where we occasionally post gameplay videos or lore videos occasionally yeah we we're a little persnickety about our quality with that stuff so that they take longer to produce but if you're on twitter at legend underscore creature is another place we also have a patreon you can look for legendary creature edh if you're if you really love us so much. <laughs> our Discord's free. so it's, Yeah, our it's, Discord it's is free crowded. to anybody. You don't have to be a patron. You can come join us. Yeah, it's crowded, but it's very active. There's a lot of people. Deck advice going on. Like, I don't know. It's on, on autopilot now. Me and you kind of show up here and there, but it's its own little community now. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for, for joining us, you guys. Thanks for sharing your stories. I, I'm so glad we got the opportunity to collaborate. I know we've been trying to make it happen for a while, but this is really fun to talk to you guys. Yeah, we're, we're grateful we were able to get some time and yeah, thanks for chat having with us you on. guys. With that, I think we're going to sign off here. Thank you all for listening. And of course, uh, if you want to reach us, you can check us out on Twitter, Tumblr, or you can support us on Patreon. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.